Welcome and good morning and well you never know how many people are sitting behind you in this place you can never tell I love being shed I look at the roof sometimes and I look at this and I thought well it all started in a shed you know it's just amazing um, my memories go back of course to that moment of the birth but in a shed and uh, in an industrial estate um, no other churches this is where people come to this is not a place that has big signs up and uh, the sign is within the place rather than outside of the place and I love that you might have to go looking for it but you'll find it I think the Holy Spirit will guide you and you'll find it I just um, thank the praise and worship team this morning you just um, put a flame in our hearts it's just amazing because I, I, I guess it doesn't matter where you come from when you come here and how you're feeling but let the words of praise and worship come into your heart and it will stir, and it will get you going, and it will get you to open your ears and to listen to that jumpstart word that I'm going to talk about, that little word, that little message that could mean a change in your life. So thank you, praise and worship team, and of course the guy up the back who does all this wonderful stuff is amazing. Luke, yeah, let's put our hands together. this morning as I came here I was asked if I wanted prayer and I've been praying this morning but my prayer with God on a one-to-one is the word prayer is sometimes a little bit uh, confusing to some men and I guess I'm gonna my most of my message is toward the men but believers um, prayer prayer the word prayer and I, I guess I have a chat with God I'll walk around our place I'll sit in a room I'll just have a chat with God and then I'll shut my mouth and listen to him have a chat with me because that's what I need to do. I need to listen. I need to be where he's coming from. And um, so I'm thankful this morning. <clears throat> I thank the Lord for all his provisions here this morning and, you know, the feeding frenzy that happens here on a Sunday morning. It's just lovely. It's just you've just got to stand in line and, uh, and see the last bit that you wanted just go before you get to it. And think, oh, no. But anyway, it's, there's plenty of food, eh? plenty of choice, but it's the chatter that goes on. Absolutely wonderful. I thank you for taking part in that. My theme for today... And that is, would you say yes when asked to go? And I guess that is a theme that is, is on my heart. And, uh, and I, I think today in our busyness, we don't stop long enough to feel the nudge, to feel the push, to feel the touch. Because sometimes you've got to stand still. Sometimes you've got to be still before you hear that nudge come to push. That's what happened this week. I'll talk about that later. Let me pray with you. Father, I just thank you this morning for this opportunity, this privilege. And um, as we shared together with someone this morning, you know, to overcome a hurdle, to overcome a burden. Uh, You're the winner. We are winning, but you are the continuous winner, Lord, in our lives. So I pray, Lord, for anyone that's not at peace here this morning, that maybe there's a word, a sign, a sound, a noise, a picture that you might show these people, Lord. I pray that they would grasp that, that they would take hold of that this morning and uh, allow it, Lord, to refresh, renew, maybe even, Lord, show them a path that you may have. So, Lord, I ask these words that I share this morning. 
are words that you and I have put together and uh, may they come across Lord the way that you intended I thank you Lord for all these things in your precious name I pray Amen you know I've, I was privileged to meet a couple of people here earlier through this break and there's quite a crowd here from out west from Dubbo in that area for a birthday party yes Andrea's 18th was some time ago mine was some time ago as well a long time ago and um, but it's just wonderful to hear of uh, where they're coming from I just listened to a gentleman speak to me about his daughter who he had sitting on his lap eight year old this guy's from the west and he said you know he said my daughter just loves the Lord just gets a thrill out of coming to church he said, as I had my hand on her chest this morning and was singing songs, he said, I could feel a little heart just get pumped, get excited. You know, God is so good in little and big and old and young. And, you know, Westerners and locals, he's just everywhere. And uh, I'm so grateful for that, Simon. I, I thank you for sharing that with me. But uh, welcome. I'm glad the weather's changed a little for you. And I think it's prayed, it's rained down there as well, I think. Um, Dubbo's copped a little bit. So we thank the Lord for that. Yeah. You know, I got to be standing, well, I'm standing here now, and I didn't think this was going to happen, but it started on Monday afternoon this week, and I um, had no idea. But I got a call from my friend, Alan. He's still my friend. And, um, and he said, oh, it was a missed call, and I called him back because it was something I thought that I'd ask him to do when he was calling me back for it. And I got on and I said, Alan, I said, it'd be great if you can be there all night. And he said, yeah, I'll check my calendar, but I rang you for another reason. Oh, okay. And he said, would you be right to give a message on Sunday? And went into a long spiel. And I tried to interrupt him to say yes. I just, <laughs> shush, Alan, shush. I'm saying yes already because honestly um, I can say if I can use these words I'm wired, I'm wired to go for God. I just, I just feel the presence of the Lord in my life every day. It may not be as strong on a Tuesday as it was on a Wednesday but you know there are days where I'm really close to the Lord but most of the time I'm wired and uh, I just love it. And so it, was, it wasn't any challenge to me to say yes, it was just love to her. Now what can I talk about? So he asked me to talk a little bit about men's ministry, but men in church, men in the community. So I don't know any of the men in this community, but I do know men, and I've been involved, I guess, in men's ministry for quite a number of years in different forms. Um, so I love it. I love discipling, I guess. Reach out to blokes, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, that comes from another. Uh, gee, I can't read that, that's so small up there, eh? but anyway, rejoice in the Lord always, I say again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Hmm. Do not be anxious about anything. I get here this morning and I've got my notes and I'm thinking, do not be anxious about anything. You know, who am I going to hand this to? Um, but anxious, being anxious is a terrific feeling. Being, you know God is with you when you're anxious. I really feel that. And sure, you've got to, work, you've got to walk through this time of being anxious, but 
It's beautiful. Beautiful when it all comes together. So I ask you maybe just to have a minute or two to engage with the Holy Spirit. Where is he in your life? Maybe you can pray for me for what I'm about to share. Um, But just ask where you're at, sitting here in this church this morning, and uh, just drawing the goodness out of what is in this place, whether it's through people, the silence, the noise, the music. But draw on Jesus, draw on the Holy Spirit. Go for it, please. Thank you, Lord. Um, one of the points that Alan raised was that could you just share who you are, where you're from? Theodopolis is probably the start of it, but it's not the Dopolis bit. It's just Theo. There's more to Theo, but I won't mention that here today. But my last name's Galjart, so Dopolis is not too bad. It's um, so it's Theo Galjart. I've um, and my journey, I guess, started. Yeah, years ago, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, not quite sure. I guess it started 48 years ago when Delma and I met and we got married. And Delma loved the Lord in a quiet way. But um, that's where I jumped on, I guess, the trolley that was going past. Believers wanted. And uh, I thought, yeah, I'd love to be part of that. Let me see. Let me go for it. And it came a point in my life where I just asked the Lord, what is it you want with me? And uh, from there on, we haven't looked back. He just keeps unfolding. He just keeps showing me things. And uh, yes, Lord, I'll take that. Yes, Lord, I can do that. So all my life hasn't been all that smooth running. We've had our challenges as a Christian family, but also as a husband and wife. We're learning new things all the time about each other. And uh, we give thanks to the Lord for just being the referee. And he's been the counsellor. Yeah, he's a good referee. No whistles. He's just a tap on your shoulder. Shush, man. Shush. But um, so it was really, um, really lovely to be asked to share because it, it's not the next phase of what I want to do, but it's sharing where I've come from, and it may be good for you. It may be contributing to you. Um, I'm a little concerned about my language sometimes because I'm a, I'm a diesel mechanic, or I was, and. Uh, working with a lot of guys in that culture um, they're not um, you know they're not the lollipop men they're dinky die workers they have a language they have a vocabulary of their own and um, I've just got to sometimes Lord just control my mouth and it works it, um, it's been happening now for quite a, quite a while where I've really prayed into that to cease using that language or get me amongst a bunch of guys Yes, it's very easy to adopt that language when they start talking like it. But I'm no longer part of that. It, uh, I thank the Lord for that. I, I do have a tendency to move my feet before the rest of my body moves because I want to get going. I want to move on. I want to, I want to, I'm challenged. I'm being drawn, so I want to move. But um, you may have a similar thing as that. You might want to run. But I try and move. And where's the Lord taking me? I want to, I want to be drawn to that. So that's enough about me. 
I often refer to myself as a set of jumper leads because I can start things, but I don't stay around. <laughs> it's just uh, amazing, and I guess that's what the Lord has given me to be able to introduce a topic, maybe a subject, and uh, and allow that subject to do what it's intended. And whether that continues the discussion, that's okay. But that day is probably the end of me, and uh, I've done my bit. Thank you, Lord. Who's next? Because I, I do stand in church sometimes, and I just ask the Lord, who can I approach today? Who can I walk up to? Who can I pray with? And uh, so I thank the Lord for his guiding ways. I love one-to-ones with God. I, uh, we do spend time in prayer every day, but the one-to-one with God can happen anywhere, and uh, whether that's behind the wheel in the car or whether it's when I'm working. I love praise and worship music. Uh, mind you, I love the blues as well. Don't get me wrong, I love good rock and music, but I, I really do love praise and worship. And uh, So to turn that on and uh, have a one-to-one with God is just a... A beautiful time. And sometimes in the morning when I wake, I go to the window and I look outside our place. It's beautiful. It's, it's gardens and Delma's a gardener, a keen gardener. But um, it's just a beautiful place to look at. And um, yeah, God's provisions are there every morning. Every morning they're new to us. And I'm so grateful. Do you hear God's voice? Do you sense God in your presence? I, mean, I guess in your day? Do you hear from him? Do you reach out to him? Do you touch him? All these things are possible. All these things are within your reach, within your ability. Once we agree to go his way, he's right there within reach, within vision, within sound. And uh, I pray that you can, you can reach out and touch him. We're both retired, Delma and I. We have three children and eight grandchildren. This is all Alan's request. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm answering his questions. And um, so we have uh, eight wonderful grandchildren, varying from 13 to 21. So one a year for eight years, and that was it. <laughs> but um, beautiful. So we're seeing transition. We're seeing from primary to high school and from university to work. And uh, that's wonderful. But as grandparents, we've not been in touch as much as we used to because I guess as they were younger they wanted to come out to our bit of land and poppies made, you know, platforms and flying fox ropes and what have you, big swings. But, um, but we don't see them much anymore now, so our prayer life has changed and we've gone in that direction. So we live out at Mirshambal, which is probably 20 minutes away from here, 25 minutes. Uh, it's out towards the bush and... Uh, Love it, lots of birds, lots of wildlife, um, not a great deal of noise, but we're both blessed. We've lost our hearing almost, and we've got hearing aids, so we can turn them off, and it's a, it's a real blessing sometimes, but, um, but anyway, that's the way we go forward. When God sees you doing your part, if we could put that up, please, look, Luke. When God sees you doing your part, and... Uh, developing what he has given you, then he will do his part and open doors that no man can shut. I love this. It's so so powerful. No man can shut. And yet the devil wants to shut the doors that the Lord has opened to us. And that's often a stumbling block in a lot of men's lives, that we start looking at what we've just been shown to start with 
And all of a sudden, these ideas come in, well, you'll be judged, or you'll be laughed at, you'll be scoffed. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't go there. And men, in particular, want to please people the best they can. And uh, sometimes things aren't happening because we've allowed someone to shut the door. We've allowed that. But if you're a follower, if you're a believer in the Lord, then the Lord will remain, uh, keep that door open. And that's what happens in our lives, I guess, um, especially in mine. Who do we look up to? Do we look up to the person we know most about? Who do we want to be like? Who inspires us to do better? Who rewards us when we do well? Who picks us up when we fall? Is God hearing your answer? This is, this is my answer to God. Yes, God. It is God who I rely on, who I trust, who picks me up when I fall. It is God. It's no one else. Nothing else. It is God. It hasn't always been that way. So if it isn't that way for you now, I wonder why. Why it isn't that way now. Why isn't God seen to be the one picking you up? The one that's strengthening you, rebuilding you maybe. It's uh, God is the one I know more about than I know about anyone else. Because that's the other one, Luke, please. <clears throat> and um, This is only just coming into my life because it's taken a long time. It's taken an awful long time to get to know the Lord. Um, that's not the one I had, but that's okay. So the one I've got is God is the one I know more about than I know about anyone else. And I... It's a, it's a powerful word to me. It's um, how much do you know about the Lord? <clears throat> and maybe you need to know more about the Lord. And I've got to have this. So what Alan asked me to share is very close to my heart. And that is men in church, men in the community, and men making disciples. So it's what I see, but then I also ask men to do. And that's men making disciples and uh Go out and make disciples. You know the verse, you know where it's come from. I know lots about people, but that doesn't mean I know them. I don't know them well. I may know them. I know some things about them. And I think, yeah, I know everything I want to know about this guy. I want to move on. And uh, I am a little bit like that too. And I guess sometimes we get tire kickers, we get time wasters. And uh, you don't really want to hear anymore because it's not going the way that I believe God intends and that's not our fault I think God says move on go to someone else go somewhere else and maybe come back later we can you know we can punish ourselves by sticking around too long with the bad influence and uh, I ask that you would seek discernment in that, that that you would actually seek the Lord and what do I do with this what do I say now how do I get out of this and sometimes the words very clearly will say, get out, because it's time you moved on. So some of us are cut out to stick around and go for the long haul. And that's okay if you've got time to do that. And I think that's a good thing to do, but it's not for me. And I think you'll decide too when in your life that it's time to give up. I've got to move on and... Uh, so, I have many brothers and sisters who I might call friends. I know some of these friends fairly well, but with a number of them, I can't even get close to talk about church. 
Most know about God, but they may add that they don't go to church. So, with these, um, I can talk about God, but not church. Mention God and you can talk till you're dry in the mouth, but mention church and there's a whole box of criticisms, judgmental views, opinions. Alan's talked about things like this here. And, uh, and that's what I mean. How much do you take of this before you decide it's time to go? So I, I think mentioning God is, uh, is a real door opener to starting a discussion. Um, you can tell body language changes. Uh, they might just accept what you're saying and they give you that time. But in most cases, you'll immediately respond and think, hmm, I best not go there yet. Maybe just warm him up a bit more and uh, get a little bit more comfortable, get to know him a little bit more. It's sad when, when we talk about church because it's, everybody seems to know what's wrong with the church, but out there anyway. But they haven't really been able to share with anyone what's good about a church. And it's not about churches, it's not about this building, it's about what we do in church as a group of people. And uh, When I get the opportunity to talk about God, I talk about God moments. And uh, I've had plenty of moments in my life where God has taken the wheel and uh, shown me what he wants. I share how he is with me every minute of the day, how he stops me in my tracks when I get a place, get to a place of uncertainty, a place where I shouldn't be, or how a push comes to shove and I wonder how I got to be where I am. So do we trust God and the plans he has for us? I want to go back to the three points raised by Alan. Talk about men in church, men in the community, and men making disciples. The first point... Men in church, I believe it is the end goal of every Christian life to become the person that God wants us to be. And that, I think, is what we strive to be, to become. Become the person God wants us to be. <clears throat> we do this by allowing his vision, his mission, purposes and goals to shape our lives. There are reasons why men go to church and why men stay away from church. There are numerous books written why men do and why men don't go to church. We're not going there today. That's not what I'm wanting to speak on. In these latter years, I get a real kick out of seeing men in church. One of my missions in life is to firstly invite men to come to know Jesus and then come to the church. When I see men in church, I know God's word is spoken and taught. Why I say that, I'm not too sure. It's just that a lot of men don't have or make time to sit and listen to someone speaking to them. Unless the word spoken can be grabbed hold of, have some meaning. So now we get to the nitty-gritty of why we are in church today. Every day before today, the Holy Spirit has been working in our lives. Every day. That's amazing to say that. You may not get a jolt during the day and think, oh, he's at work again. It's not happening that way, but the Holy Spirit does work every day. He is in operation mode with us. He's, he's doing heart surgery, head surgery. He's with us, and he's before us, and he's after us. And uh, I just, I'm just so empowered by that. <clears throat> God's word tells us that, that he's with us every day. Each day I'm listening for that jumpstart word, that verse that says it all. That moment when you feel the tap on your shoulder or you find yourself looking into the eyes of Jesus right there where you are. 
Do you sit and wonder what you're going to be asked to do? I do. I come to church on a Sunday and I think, I wonder what I'm going to get asked to do today. And I love it. And it may not come from people within. It might just come from my own, myself, my inner being. What are you going to do? What are you going to do today? Are you going to do something for me? Or are you just going to sit there and wait for people to come to you? You know, I, I don't know how we are, where we are, <clears throat> where each of us are. But I guess there are those who want to go to the front line and those who want to follow and those who want to watch. Those who want to, you know, I've always said prayer is such a powerful thing. We've loved our prayer ministry life that we've had. Um, it's, been an, it's been a beautiful, powerful journey of what prayer has been able to do to achieve. And uh, especially when two or three come together, it's just a powerful means communicating. So when you feel that tap on your shoulder, um, what's that? Who's that? Um, ignore it. Shrug it off. You know, that's not for me. Got the wrong guy here today. No, it's, a, it's as firm as that. Don't think that you're going to have a tripwire out there and trip over it. It is much better than that. It is much more gentle than that. God touches you. He reaches out to you. He stands in front of you. He hugs you. He wants to love you. And say no to that? Not sure. <clears throat> but I, I guess those situations are between you and God. No one can stand out the front of you and tell you how to do this. And I, I believe that. I believe it. we're all one-to-one -one with God. And yes, we come for encouraging words, uh, mateship, friends, family, but it's one-to-one -one with God. And um, in the short time that we've been here, we've seen people get baptised. We've seen praise and worship leaders. We've seen different speakers out the front this morning, communion. How excited my heart gets when I see young people because our lives have been spent with a lot of young people. But to see young people do this this morning, it's just, it's building. This is church building. This is congregation that's, that's alive. <coughs> Sorry, Alan, I'm going on a bit. The second point is men in the community. Here we are in our building tucked away the back of the industrial estate is where we come together on the Sunday to share and learn the word of God and learn about each other. For me this is the perfect place to invite men to come along to a breakfast or other activities. Just coincidental that we're having a breakfast, that sounds good. Coincidental. I love the rawness of this building. The Holy Spirit is everywhere and is so welcome and present in this place. I don't know if anybody here has visions and pictures and can see things and sense what's going on. And uh, sometimes when the words are sung, I just look at the blank concrete wall. Nothing beautiful to look at, but I feel so safe. I feel so secure. Um, could be anywhere, I guess, but connect, connecting the words and the heart and what the eyes see. And, uh, and Alan refers to this crack in the wall all the time, and I've, I've never looked at it except this morning. I see that's not a crack, it's a designed split. But anyway, it's, um, <clears throat> it's just amazing what, um, what you learn when you come to a place like this. You know, I, in my life as a men's ministry, and I guess a leader in that or whatever you want to call that, but I've, I've tried to lead men, uh, prison ministry and that sort of stuff. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful, there are some beautiful ministries out there that you can engage in. And um, having been in different places, um, 
Emmaus now, but prison ministry, youth and children's ministry, we all find somewhere we can look back to and to say, wow, I didn't know that back then, or gee, I knew that then, but I want to build, I want to, do, I want to, I want to become more. And uh, <clears throat> So we haven't, um, haven't sort of done much about other men in the community, I don't believe. I don't believe as a church. Churches don't do enough. Uh, about getting men into church and and I guess we say well can't the wives bring them in can't this bring them in can this not happen can that not happen well let's do some of that let's invite men to come <coughs> sorry I've hairy monsters growing I think um, you know when I when I talk to men um, I, it's easy to start a conversation for me I just waffle on and uh, but somewhere along the line they catch on and they all, they'll pick up a word and and uh, like this morning I really enjoyed sharing with Simon and uh, just beautiful when you've got some opening words and uh, and the Lord gives you that because I think that's what you prepare for when you come here you think Lord just put someone on my path this morning and uh, I want to make their day I want to celebrate the love you offer or whatever it is. A lot of men aren't all that easy to talk to. Um, how you going today? Uh, pardon? Uh, that's my response. How was your weekend? It's gone. Okay, weekend's gone. Working tomorrow? <laughs> oh. You know, where do you go with some of this? You've got you've to warm it up a bit more. And uh, do you like fishing? No. Door shut. So the door shuts and the door opens. You've got to be the opener of that door. You've got to look in there and to say, "Well, I've got two more questions. We'll see how we go." <laughs> you know, but then give up because there's just no new stir in this guy. Um, but it's a look. It's a God-given, I believe, skill that you have that you can develop, that you can grow on. And uh, later on, we'll talk a little bit about what we used to do to stir that along a bit. But. Um, Yeah, I guess to ask the Holy Spirit to intervene in that all the time, to, to say, how do I approach this person? We're not all the same. Watch and listen. And just watch to see this person's actions and to listen to the Holy Spirit guide you. So always let him lead you and he will clear the road of you to follow. It comes from Proverbs. <clears throat> um, so the third and final point 30 minutes he gave me. I'm trying to stick to it. Um, the third and final point is about making disciples. The greatest commandment, we know this one, making disciples. Therefore is the word that I've got underlined in my Bible. Um, go and make disciples of all nations. That comes from Matthew 28:19. So I've taken the first couple of words as that is an instruction to me personally. We often think we have to do we have to do something to make disciples, but I think we also need to be ready to go. You know, there are some of us who will think, yep, yeah, I need to do this. I need to go and see this person. But be prepared beyond that and go with that person or go to a place where that person wants to meet you. Be available. Um, not easy in this day and age. Everything, everyone seems busy. But to go there and to be the Christian because we're, we're being watched. No matter where you go as a Christian, you're being watched. And somebody will see you step out of line. I pray they don't. But it happens. Especially when you take up a role of 
being the one to communicate with a newcomer or a new event that takes place and you want to share something or say something. Uh, people have reasons for remembering and uh, remembering what they saw and what they see doing. <clears throat> you know, as I said earlier, that I, I wanted to break into Alan's discussion with me, his question to me, and I just, Alan, shush, I just want to say yes. And sometimes we've got to do the same when we're talking to someone else, and that is stop and let them answer you. Because sometimes we, we're so full of where we come from, I was going to say full of ourselves, but that's not on. Um, you know, full of where we've come from, the spirit fills you, and, and you're excited, and you're enthusiastic, and uh, you want to share. Tell it as it is. My Christian journey has been a fairly active journey, but of latter years I've enjoyed being part of a men's ministry team. Up until three years ago, one particular activity I was stuck with for seven years was Shed Happens. I have to say that carefully. Shed Happens. This was something very, uh, this is something every Joe Blow could come to, a place away from church building. We'd, um, we'd do this once a month. We had a committee of eight, nine, ten men sometimes who would pray, who would come together and discuss. So Shed Happens was set up anywhere where we could find space. We had it in the agricultural centre in Osterville. We had it in the church ground. We had it at the house with no steps. All it is is a... It's a few men getting together, wanting to reach out to other men. Not just believers, but we want to introduce them to the Lord Jesus. So Shed Happens was the activity that we went with. And um, my friend who started that has just passed away. He's had cancer for 17 years. But Ian, Ian Watto um, started this. And there's about 160, 180 sheds around Australia. So this is where it happens. It could happen in a workshop. It could happen in your garage. It could happen anywhere. It's where we agreed to meet. And um, the idea is that you invite someone out the front and you interview, ask some questions. Very simple. But the whole thing is about the lead up to it. So churches are notified. Get someone that's not in church today to come to the next men's or shed happens. So we're not looking for Christians to come. We need them, yes. But bring your neighbours, bring your mates, bring your workmates. This is a barbecue after all. And let the Holy Spirit do the works. You know, We invite these men to come. It's $10. It's a feeding frenzy like you would not believe. It's very good. And um, it's a barbie. It's, it's all set up with this organising committee. And uh, lots of prayer. We, we discuss. We, we've had brain surgeons. We've had boat mechanics. We've had gardeners, farmers. We've had pilots. Uh, you name it. We have people that come to share and these people, some will say I've got nothing to tell really? you've got nothing to share, well I'd like you to come up uh, most of the time it's pre-planned, it's pre-organised so we, I might I might approach Daniel during the week and say Daniel can we interview you next month and uh, these are some of the questions I might ask you, well it's amazing when he agrees and he says yes and you get up here and I forgot the questions I was going to ask him so I ask him a whole lot of new ones but it's challenging, it's it really it's where God is and uh, we really feel blessed when we have someone that really opens up a story. Just one of the stories we had was a gentleman that came from, I think it's Burma, I think. He said, see, oh, I've got nothing to tell. But anyway, he, he started the quilt program for lepers. An Australian ex-teacher who went over to Kathmandu. A man can do a cat, but a cat can man do. Yeah. Um, 
the, you go over there, he goes over there as a teacher and they send him over to the lepers to teach lepers. And he said, I was so shocked. This is two guys sitting out the front talking to one another and, and a group of men listening. And um, he shared that he saw that they were all frozen and they were all huddled together, no clothes on, no, just losing limbs. And this guy sat there talking about this and uh, there's tears dropping down like, like raindrops. It's, and he said, we started this program. Long story short, it's worldwide. Container loads of quilts came in to that country and uh, Kathmandu and it was given handed out to these lepers. It's a story of a man that didn't have anything to tell us and I just... Where do you lock that away? You know, this this grew us. This grew the group of men. It just raised us up to think, whoa, there's one of them amongst us. And yet we're all like it. You know, every man's got a story. So is every woman, of course, but there's some out men. And, um, <laughs> but um, so uh, I, I, I guess when men come together, we, we ask men, iron sharpens iron. My chat with you today, I, I hope that it strengthens you, it builds you up and uh, really encourages you. And I, I guess in, in a barbecue situation, I look at this environment in which we're in, look at the blue-collar industries we've got here. We've got, we've got so many workshops, so many yards. Uh, these people work hard and uh, Friday afternoon they go home and that's the weekend. I need to rest. But, you know, imagine putting a leaf drop out here in every letterbox and coming here to a, a barbecue and an interview. The interview is secondary, but to start with, it becomes the highlight because they're really looking forward to who's going to share, who's going to speak, because they want to know about Joe Blow, and uh, that's exciting. And so, you know, it could happen. It can happen anywhere. They were travelling a long way to come to our place. Um, House of No Steps was the last last one, in the world. and um, that's where it happened for a couple of years. Um, outside, we never went inside, we didn't have those luxuries, it was always bring our own stuff and um, have these barbecues and invite men. So I'm at a point now where I'd like to demonstrate that, but it's just me at the moment. I need a volunteer who hasn't been involved in anything like this, but who'd like to share a little bit of your story? Would you like to step forward? There's a seat there. Now what I do then, if that doesn't happen... (laughs) I say, Simon, would you like to come up? You're the only one I know. <laughs> you know, wonderful. Yeah. Look, I, that wasn't a motive of mine to come and speak to you earlier. Yeah, if you'd like to take a seat there, Simon. Normally I say, you're right, but that's okay. I don't know why. Probably because my left ear and head works best. Hey, this is simple, easy. You never knew you had to travel these kilometres to get here and do this. This is fantastic. Thank you, Lord. It's amazing. Simon, I, I just want to know yourself. Who are you, your family? What do you do? Um, Simon Beer. My wife's Robin. Um, live on a farm. Uh, sheep, cattle, that sort of stuff. Come up here for Andrew's 18th. Um, yeah. Beautiful. So farm, is it a hard life, lonely life? Has been lately, because it hasn't rained. But yeah, it's getting, hopefully it rains. Yeah. So if it rains, brings what? What do you get? Uh, feed, hopefully for stock. Okay. Water? Yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah water's okay, but yeah, feed. 
Okay, so your background, how did you get into farming? Um, I was raised on the place next door from when I was six months old. Um, yeah, and then bought the place next door, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. You guys, you guys make this all sound so simple, you know, you know I just bought the place. How, how big is it, Simon? Uh, nearly 3,000 acres. Oh, just a block, yeah, just a block. <laughs> I've just got to check the fences, darling. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. Yeah, amazing. So this is part of you. Um, where does God come into your life? Uh, we go to our local little church at Norex, which is on, uh, what, one Sunday a month. Um, my wife teaches at Catholic school. Kids go to a Catholic school. Yeah. And God, is he a provider? Yeah, well, oh, that's it's not where I come all the time. This is probably, well, it's, first, oh, it's not the first time I've been to a church like this, but it's not what I regularly go to, but it's just, yeah, something interesting and yeah. exciting. My daughter, as you said yeah. before, loves it. So, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Amazing. So in these times today, times are tough. How much do you listen to the news, negative news or good news, but how, how much is out there that you take notice of? No, probably too much. Um, I look at the weather all the time, and I shouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably, yeah, too much that you worry about stuff, but then nothing you do about it, I suppose. Mm, mm. Hope that it gets better. <laughs> okay, yeah. Got any hobbies? Something outside of farming? Not really. You look at the wife to tell me you've got hobbies or not? <laughs> All I do is work. So. All I do is work. Good on you. Wow. Hey, have you got a word for the men here today? What Something that would encourage them? <laughs> what would encourage men? Hey, don't here buy today? a farm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Don't know. Well, what, what gets you through today? Kids, wife. I love doing what I do. But you spend a lot of time by yourself? Yeah, but I probably like that. That's so you start thinking? No, no, enjoy it. Do you it. pray? Do you enjoy? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't bother. Yeah, no, being on my own is good. Well, 3,000 acres, you could find your own little corner there every day. There's a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Simon. I just appreciate you coming out. Beautiful. Why you don't have any hobbies, I'm not sure, but anyway. The wife and the kids, well done. Beautiful. That brings us to the end of my words with you. I, uh, I just want to pray and give thanks to Almighty God for, uh, for getting us together here this morning. Father, we just thank you this morning. Your word, Lord, it's just uh, amazing. I don't know much of your word as it is written, but I know how to live it. You teach me. And uh, I'm not a failure because I don't know your word. I know enough, Lord, to live by your word. And uh, I'd love to be able to read your word. It's just come upon me, Lord, that I really don't spend much time reading your word. Give me the time, Lord. Give us the time to do these things. Set aside some time and uh, repeat a verse. You know, I know some verses, Lord, but... So I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us today. It's not what man does, it's what you do. And uh, may it not have been my words today, but the follow-up action in the lives of people that are here this morning, 
their families. I pray that you'll continue, Lord, to work in the lives of everyone here and their families. I pray for the little ones out the back, Lord, with their teachers this morning. Ask your blessings over their lives and uh, may they too uh, have enjoyed, Lord, the time of interacting, of uh, new ideas and expressions, but a lot of fun. Fun getting to know you. So in your precious name, Jesus, I ask all these things. Amen. Keep your hands together for Theo. That was awesome, mate. Thank you so much.